listening or watching the Stop the Mind Screw podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Owen, certified fitness trainer and life coach since 2002, teaching Stop the Mind Screw process. On this show, we talk about fitness, health, wellness, mindset, habits, and of course, reality transurfing. I titled today's episode, Brainwaves and Controlling Your Mind. We're going to talk about how brainwaves work and how they can help you or hurt you. I have felt the things that I'm going to talk about today, and I'm going to teach you what I have found to help control your mind. When we are encountered with a traumatic situation or stressful situation, we encounter what is called fight, flight, or freeze. And I am a survivor of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And as a survivor, I had several times where I had the freeze, the total freeze. And I would be in a normal situation, but my mind would be so obsessed about what was going on that my brain froze. And when it froze, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what I was doing. I totally just like lost it. And it is called trauma-associated disassociation. Trauma, by definition, is an overwhelming emotional response to a horrific event. Disassociation can be a critical part of your survival instinct during trauma. When a horrific event happens, your nervous system kicks in to protect you from mental and physical pain. Disassociation is part of the fight or flight response, which I just mentioned. And it's an involuntary survival network that helps protect us from threats or danger, says Dr. Sabina Mario, who specializes in treating patients living with trauma in Yardley, Pennsylvania. During traumatic experiences, she says, the fight or flight is activated in order to protect the individual. If fight or flight is not a viable option or if fight or flight becomes inactive due to the body feeling overwhelmed, the freeze response is activated. According to Morrow, it's during the freeze response that you can experience disconnect. I had this happen to me many times in my life as a survivor of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And it took years of therapy to overcome this. And even today, I still have triggers. Even since I finished therapy, I had this happen to me. The difference was I knew what it was. And even today, I can respond differently through all I have learned. But here's an example of a story that triggered me that happened just a few years ago in 2019. At the place I work, OcuSoft, we have Halloween for the kids and every Halloween. We have the daycares come in and, and we decorate the place. I'm telling you, it's like Halloween on steroids. 
but it's very, very scary. And we have this one hallway that's decorated really dark and it's really scary. And some of the kids got it and some didn't. So I was working at tables outside this hallway. So they had just gone through the hallway and a few of the kids were really scared and they were crying for their mom and they it wasn't really really bad but I'm talking they were four three or four years old maybe five and they were crying for their mom and so what happened with me it was a trigger that just triggered my fight or fight response I knew what it was I didn't freeze but I I was taken back to when my kids were crying for me when they were that age and just the sound of a child crying for their mother is a trigger a huge trigger for me when we see something associated with the trigger in the news or in social media it can trigger us so think about this when you can see something in the news that just triggers you and sends you into fight flight or freeze maybe not as so much that you disassociate but it does trigger you for example, the horrific news story in Texas and how the media plays on this. I just pictured the media, as soon as they heard about this, jumping in their cars and driving down there just to put this stuff in front of us. I, I wrote a blog post on the incident and what I came up with, and I do have a mind map that goes with that, an Eckhart Tolle lesson that was learned, and I'll link it in the show notes below so you can easily just go look at that. But the news is fear porn. They do use that to their advantage. Whether they do it consciously or unconsciously is not for me to say, but you, as a watcher of that, or if it comes into your world, you need to be aware so you can understand what, what the trigger is, because that is simply a trigger. And notice how the blame game starts. Uh, it's been several days since this has happened, and there... There's just a lot of blame going on, who's at fault and who's at fault. And there was also a post about prayer and being a hypocrite. And I'll link it in the show notes as well. But honestly, we're all to blame. If you're observing it, you are to blame. I know that's kind of hard to hear, but responsibility is the answer. Love is the answer. And we're going to talk more about this as we go through these episodes. But when you take responsibility, it takes a lot of that pressure off. You don't blame anybody else for anything. It's in your awareness. So you are responsible for it. And as a survivor of post-traumatic stress disorder, and not just regular post-traumatic stress, it's complex post-traumatic stress disorder. I had to find and take responsibility for everything that was going on around me. And when I did, I gained my power back. I also found love and compassion for the mean people who were doing really, really mean, unjust, unfair things in my situation. It wasn't easy. Because 
the reason why people get stuck is they're going through the stages of grief and they don't want to take responsibility. Let's talk about that. So how does one take responsibility instead of blaming others? Acceptance. Acceptance is key. But being human, we must go through the stages of grief, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, then acceptance. And we go through these stages up and down, up and down, up and down. Think of an experience where in the past you went through somebody close to you passing away. You have to go through the stages of grief. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's not just right to acceptance. Oh, I'm that person passed away. I, I, you're going to go through denial. You're going to go through anger. You're going to go through bargaining and depression. It's just a part of being human, but it's almost like people don't want to do that. You're just like, oh my gosh, you know, even when I went through all of my things through my post-traumatic stress, I had to go through all of these stages and you go through them and you go back through them and you go back through them. And the amount of time is different for everybody. But once you get to acceptance, you can find responsibility. Today, we are talking part one of a two-part series on how we can take responsibility and control our minds instead of letting outside forces control us, like the media, both news and social media. And today, we're talking about brain waves. In part two, we're going to talk about the levels of consciousness. This week, we're talking about your brain waves. What are those and how they affect you? Any process which changes your perception changes your brain waves. Drugs can also alter your brain waves. What are brain waves? Well, we're going to discuss five of them, although there are many. We got gamma brain waves, which are problem solving. We got beta brain waves, which is the busy, active mind. This is the brain waves that are much associated with overthinking and anxiety. So remember that. We got alpha brain waves, which are reflective and resting. It's flow. Where challenge meets skill, like an athlete being in the zone, they are usually in using alpha brain waves. Theta is drowsiness and state akin to sleep, a great place to do revision, the pruning shears of revision that we talk about with Neville Goddard. Delta brain waves are the ones we use when we're sleeping and dreaming. The increased production of alpha brain waves can not only reduce stress and anxiousness, but allow people to maintain more focus. So we want more alpha brain waves. Beta brain waves are associated with alertness, but when maintained for too long, lead to feelings of fear and anxiety. So if you are stressed and anxious, learning how to increase alpha waves while reducing beta waves actually might be your goal. They've done studies to train your brain waves to treat anxiety, ADHD, and more. 
Our brains need a healthy balance of all of the different brain waves. When in anxiety and reactive, we are in beta mostly. But how does one help these? How does one find their way out of that? Meditation, listening to the theta-inducing music, awareness, reflection. Remember, change in perception changes our brain waves. We're going to discuss how Stop the Mind Screw and Reality Transurfing relate to this topic. The entire premise of Stop the Mind Screw is to find flow, where challenge meets skill. Athletic performance, where the athlete embodies the sport, the sport demands embodiment. So think of the athlete who's playing the game that just can't miss a shot, just keeps going along and plays the game with this skill. We talked about that in habits as well. What they've done is they've acquired the habit of getting into flow and they just feel they're embodying the sport. That's what we want to do with our minds in life in general. Letting go of reactivity and anxiety through revision. So Neville Goddard talks about the pruning shears of revision, and I'll have a link in the show notes to this, but it, the revision is done in the state akin to sleep or when our brain waves are in theta. And what you want to do is you want to become aware. Notice how that word just keeps popping up, but become aware of when you are reactive and when you have anxiety or when you feel fear, doubt, indecision. You want to document these times. You don't want to shame yourself. You just want to document them so that when you are going to sleep, you can revise them as we talk about in the pruning, pruning shares of revision with Neville Goddard. And I will be talking about this a lot more, of course, but if you cannot just step away from stress and you're in a situation, you're not able to do that, document it and revise it later when you are in a state akin to sleep. That's the best time to do it. Just try to go through your whole day. That's what he talks about. And then revise as much as you can and your brain waves are in theta. So your brain and your subconscious, which takes everything literally, will calm down. Reality Transurfing is a book that's called One Through Five. You've probably seen that. Well, in part one of the book, they talk about the space of variations. And it says our mental energy induces the materialization materialization of the variation. This means that the thoughts that we transmit transfer us to the lines and sectors of the space of variation, which correspond to our thoughts. This is why collective thought and pendulums are so important to become aware of. I know that's kind of a lot of weird words that I just mentioned here, but the space of variations, think of it like this. There are infinite lifelines we could be a part of. And the space of variations is just the lifeline we could go to. So when we are reactive or when we are upset or when we're watching the news and it triggers us, or if you have a PTSD trigger, you are brought down to another lifeline that can really send you in a spiral where you can go down, down, down. 
Now, this is not meant to scare you, but it is to make you aware. Because when you become aware, you can go, oh, I see what's going on. I'm just being triggered. It's just my mind. It's just a thought. It's just a mind screw. And you, you, you take that mental energy and you put it to another space of variations, another lifeline, another level of consciousness where, which we're going to talk about next week, but it is different there. It's just different there. You're not stuck as a victim. You start to find Victor instead. So in review, extreme thought activity can cause us to go into an induced transition, fight, flight, or freeze. It can be so severe that we experience trauma-associated disassociation. Remember the freeze where you don't even know where you are. This causes our brain waves to hurt us instead of help us. And it's just an instinct or think of it like the old brain that is to help us survive. We discussed five types of brain waves and what happens when we enter each of these brain waves. We've got gamma, beta, alpha, beta, and delta. I feel like I'm doing the Greek alphabet here. Spending too much time in beta can cause anxiety. And the answer is to learn how to find flow, AKA alpha, move into theta, state akin to sleep. When you find flow, it's where challenge meets skill, you can make better decisions. Your brain waves work better when they're in alpha. We talked about stop the mind screw, finding flow. If flow or harmony is interrupted, step away. Later in the day, revise the things in a state akin to sleep when your brain waves are in theta. In reality, transurfing, we talked about the space of variations, how mental energy can send you to another timeline, lifeline, which corresponds to our thoughts. Revise it in a state akin to sleep. Basically trick your subconscious mind because it takes everything literally into the better lifeline. Next week, we're going to talk about the levels of consciousness from the book, Power Versus Force, and how you can find your power there. All right, that's my episode for today. I hope you liked it. If you did, or you know someone who can benefit from this, please be sure to share it with them. And until next time, I'll see you next time. Peace out and namaste. Namaste.